Welcome to Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach with Mark Gellard and Candy Reid. Mark Gellard, fifth edition of Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach, and we find you now in Kazakhstan. So uh, when we started this series, well, we were in Indian Wells, we've been in Miami, we've been in Charleston, and now Kazakhstan. How is it for you, and how are you surviving? Hey, Candy. Hey, everyone listening. Yeah, just got to Kazakhstan a few days ago. We're in Astana, or Nusultan now, as it is formally been changed. It's slightly different terrain to Indian Wells and climate. It's as flat as a pancake here. The whole city is flat. It's um, but great city. I used to work here many years ago for the Federation. And really nice place, great facilities, um, really good Federation. So Poland play against Kazakhstan actually in the Billie Jean King Cup starting tomorrow. Yeah, the weather's been good actually. It's uh, for here we we got above freezing today and yesterday and some blue sky. So it's not too bad. I mean, this place, when I was here working in the winters, it would it was getting down to minus 50 Celsius. So I presume, and this is the most stupid question I've ever asked, there's indoor courts. Yes, there is. Um, it's pretty much, it. you know, one of the things that was tough here is that during the winter, it gets to minus 45, 50. And in the summers, it gets to plus 40, 45. It's almost a hundred degree swing. So it's very hard to keep. I mean, their outdoor courts need to be resurfaced a lot because they just get killed in the weather. But yeah, everything's indoors from October through till probably May. They get a short summer. What is the surface like they're playing on for the Billie Jean King Cup tie? And we presume Elena Rabakina is playing? The home country basically can choose the surface and the setup. So kind of surprisingly and not surprisingly, they chose indoor red clay. I think it's it's... It's probably better for us because I think that in general, if we'd have had eager plans, she would have preferred the clay. But obviously, it's still not going to be easy against them. But I think that they also feel that they want to get their players on the clay because in the next few tournaments in Rome and Madrid, Madrid and Rome and stuff. So everyone just wants to get onto clay now and not go back to hard after Charleston. So, uh, yeah, they're on indoor red clay. So that's interesting because I would imagine with Elena Rabakina playing, she would prefer naturally a harder, faster surface. But uh, they've obviously agreed with her and Yulia Pudenseva, who's the second player for Kazakhstan, that they're going to move to red clay. So the players not only get to play for their country, but they also, like you said, get to prepare for a new surface. But this is a big tie, isn't it? What exactly does it mean, the winner of this one? Right now for Elena Rybukina, I think she... I mean, she could probably play on ice or gravel or grass <laughs> or hard. It doesn't seem to matter right now what she does, but she's playing well on everything. We've been a little bit unfortunate, disappointing, whatever you want to say, that Iga's not here to play with us. And Magda Freck also also had to withdraw from the tie. So it's it's actually just Magda Lynette and uh, Veronica Falkowska here, along with Ala Rosolska playing doubles. So uh, that's our team. This is to qualify. So if they win this match, they qualify for the finals because they were in the finals last year in Glasgow. They lost in the group stages, so they have to come back into this match tomorrow. that starts tomorrow. If they win, they qualify again for the finals. If they don't, they miss the finals and will have to play again later in the year in a sort of a qualifying match. 
to stop them being relegated to the lower leagues. And if that happens next year, they have the, a whole different format for the lower levels where it's like a five day event against different teams. So yeah, this is an important tie. Very important. And you said in our last podcast that you'd obviously work there. You've got um, affinity with the country. And you also said it's going to be a pressure cooker atmosphere. Why is that? I mean, they love tennis here. And the indoor court has about, I want to say around 4,000 seat stadium indoors. And they get, they're get they very uh, patriotic here. They'll, it's already sold out. I know people in the hotel that are working where we're staying have already asked if there's any chance we can give them tickets because they can't get them. They're, they're sold out. So... They're, you know, when I was here and I was part of the Kazakh team, they they very raucous crowd. They're very loud. It's going to be a really tough atmosphere to play in. So the girls are going to have to be ready tomorrow. What proportion of the fans are going to be Polish? You know, I don't think many, but I say that and it seems like Polish always have good support wherever we've been. So I'm, I'm hoping there's a few out there. But uh, I think the girls on the bench and the team, you know, I mean, Poland does a good job as well. They've sent maybe... Um, uh, there's probably eight or nine guys that have come with the team from the coach. They've got two coaches. They've got a team physio, a team doctor, a team psychologist, team manager. Uh, I'm here just to make the water or clean the toilets, whatever I'm needed to do, because <laughs> I'm just here as a, as a fan and supporter this week and kind of on a bit of a vocation. Yeah. And I imagine the pressure cooker environment, which you and I have experienced up to a point playing university college tennis in the United States is going to be ramped up massively. Has Magda got any tricks to cope with that, with, say, 4,000 people cheering against you? Uh, how does she take that, and has she got better over time, or any advice you can give the rest of us? It's, it's a good question. I think all the players respond differently to it, and I think it depends how the match is going. If you if you get ahead in that match and the crowd's against you, you're, you're okay. It can be if you start to get down, things are going against you, you get some bad luck maybe in the crowd as well, it can be really difficult. And I think that's why the start of these matches is always important to get a good start. Um, but having said that, she's done well, you know, last year in Glasgow, they played and she was able to beat Madison Keys and Pliskova up there, although they weren't at home, obviously. So I think she's got enough experience to just focus on what she's doing. And I, I know that she loves having David Selt, who is the, the team captain coach uh, on the bench with her. She, she really gets along well with him. He's a good coach. So I think that having that support. She's always tended to do well when she plays for the country, whether it's United Cup or Billie Jean Cup. So um, I think that she, she'll she feel good and she loves wearing the Polish clothes and supporting the country. How much do you talk with uh, David Selt uh, before the tournament, before the match, about things that you've been working on? Because obviously he is the captain of the Polish Billie Jean King Cup, but he's not her individual coach. So you have the nuances and that might help. So is there any discussion beforehand? You know, I probably speak to him once every couple of weeks anyway. Just He'll just check in and see how Magda's doing. And he knows Magda really well. They've known each other for a long time. Uh, actually, the year that Magda and I didn't work together in 2021, he worked with her. So he he spent some time with her privately as well. He um, Yeah, he'll ask me for what's going on. And I try to give him a couple of sort of cue words or some basic things that, to remind her of and keep her... You know, and she'll have she knows what she's got to do. But I also think actually during this time, because she's she's she just she's going to give everything she's got, whether she plays her best or her worst tomorrow, she's going to give everything. And just having a different voice on the bench and having, you know, whatever he says, I think she'll buy into during these three days. I know if I was playing, I would struggle with this pressure 
of representing my country and the girls on the bench, I, I'd really struggle. I'd prefer playing for myself because I'd feel less responsibility. She seems to play better. She loves that. Let me, if I can do well and win, I'm going to make it good for you as well. She likes that sort of. And there's nothing better, is there, than being in a team environment and winning, especially for someone who's so used to doing it all on their own. And it is a lonely life. We talked about that, the tennis world. So actually having some teammates around you, particularly when you win, uh, there's nothing better than that feeling. Of course, you've got the other side when you lose. Uh, absolutely. She, her record in Fed Cup, I, I mean, I said to her, if you could play like you do on your own in Fed Cup, we'd be be top 10. I mean, she has an unbelievable <laughs> record in Fed Cup. It's, it's you know, she she does enjoy this. So she thrives in this thing. So I hope that tomorrow she can, you know, she plays, she starts the match tomorrow at one thirty. They had the draw ceremony today. So basically what they do is they draw, they put the four names into a hat. So the the two number ones and the two number twos, and they just pull out a name and they will be the that person will be the person that plays the first match starting at 1.30 tomorrow local time. And then the, the, the other two names will obviously play the second match. So tomorrow it's the number ones against the number twos. And then on Saturday will be the number one against the number one and the two against the two. And then Sunday would be doubles if, if required. And I'd imagine that Magda will probably be required to play all matches there's a great picture, actually, of Elena Rabakina and Magda Lynette together on the Billie Jean King website. And you could see how tall Elena Rabakina is because Magda looks tiny. Yeah, she's a big girl. She's, <laughs> uh, she's strong. And, and that's the amazing thing that she's done so well is she's in great shape and she's moving well. That's the scary part. I think before there was a little bit of a feeling that, OK, if I can get her moving, you know, maybe I have a chance that she's she's moving so well right now. That's that's the scary part. So, um, yeah, it'll be a tough. But I think you know we have we have Magda and we have Ala Rosalska, who is a, is a double specialist as well, and she's a veteran player, been playing for years. One of the nicest girls on the tour, and it'll be a tough weekend. But let's see how we go. And you said uh, you're sort of water boy this week, and Lou Cleaner, and all those good things. I hope uh, we don't have to go to those depths. Uh, excuse the pun, but um, do you feel part of the Polish team? Yeah, I mean, they're a great team. I mean, to tell you the truth, this wasn't in Kazakhstan and I wasn't coming out of purely selfish reasons that wanting to see friends. I don't believe that coaches should be part of, private coaches should be part of the team. I just think it's a week where you need to not step on the toes of the coach, let him, the, the team coach, do his job. And so I, this week, have, I'm here, but I haven't been on court at all with Magda. I'll be there tomorrow, but I don't, I haven't checked the seating plan for the, for the stadium, but I don't plan on being on the Polish bench. You know, I think that it's uh, it's not my place this week to do that, but I'll be in the crowd supporting and, you know, hopefully she'll she'll see where I am if she needs some comforting looks or, well, I don't know, she's going to come to me for that very often, actually. So, um, yeah, probably not going to see me in the crowd, but she's, yeah, I think she's going to have all the support she needs tomorrow from the team. It is a great effort you're there because uh, obviously you were in Charleston a week ago where Magda beat Vivara Gracheva, which is a really good result now because Kucheva has been uh, doing very nicely. And then there was a, a near miss to Madison Keys. So just walk us through the timeline of how you got from Charleston to Kazakhstan. Uh, that was a good, yeah. I mean, good first round win. I think that was on the Wednesday we played. We played Wednesday against Kucheva. Very good match. That I, For me, she's going to be a top 20 player at some point. I think she's really, really well played. I think if you look on the race, where you can see how the race is different to the ranking. The ranking is a a rolling 365 
accumulation of your points. The race is just from the start of this year, so January 1st till the end. She's one of the top 20 players in terms of her results, so she's playing really well. Um, but we won that match in a tough three-set match, uh, which was really good. I was happy with the way she competed and played there. And then the next day she played against Madison, and that was tough. You know, Madison obviously is a tough player. I don't think we played our best in the first set. We did a good job in the second. Third set, few chances maybe at the start, but once you give Madison a lead, she's really tough. Um, she's she's a big hitter. So we finished that match. We probably didn't get back to the hotel from that match until about 1.30 in the morning. And the only flight we could find that was getting home reasonably quickly was left at 5.15 a.m. So we got back to 1.30. I think we showered, packed, checked out of the hotel and went straight to the airport. And then we got to the airport and they told us our flight was delayed by three <laughs> hours. So Mark had a mini meltdown and um, ended up, we got rebooked on a different flight, which ended up working out well for us in the end. And uh, we got in maybe around 9.30, 10 to Miami and then stayed there that day and then flew out the following day to, to Kazakhstan, which was uh, Miami to Istanbul was about 13 hours, something like that. And then Istanbul to Kazakhstan was about another three. When you left Charleston, was there any need to leave that early? Could you not have gone back to the hotel, had a sort of good night's sleep, woken up, had a nice relaxing breakfast, then gone to Miami, then gone to Kazakhstan? Yeah, it, it was possible. But, you know, the thing is, is that she wanted to get back because there's laundry to do. You know, you want to do all your laundry that you've collected over the week. She's got to drop off some rackets that she'd got from Yonex that she'd been sent. That she wanted to make sure they were customized and, and done by the stringer that she needed to pick up. She needed to do a few things there, just personal stuff that needed to get done. So she wanted to have that as much of that day as she could before we left the next day to, to be prepared. So, cause it's a tricky one. Now this is probably for me, the, the hardest, that's the hardest trip to leave for because mm. we're gone now for a long time. Like we've left Florida and we're in Kazakhstan and then next week we'll be in Poland for a few days. And then the following week is Madrid. Then it's Rome. Then it's Strasbourg. Then it's the French open in Paris for two weeks. Then it's Birmingham, Nottingham, Eastbourne, Wimbledon. <laughs> you're, you're you're not going home now until that's done which is till july sometimes so that's a tough a tough trip to pack for because you've got a lot of weather as well you've got kazakhstan when we arrived it's minus i don't know seven or eight and then paris and england you never know it can be really nice or it could be freezing so you've got to pack, you know, warm, cold, clothes, everything. How is the mindset for you? Because I, I, I can't really imagine. I mean, she's obviously playing, but for you going there and thinking, I'm not going to be home for X amount of weeks. I struggle with that more now than I used to because I really enjoy being home. Uh, I'm, I, I miss, I like having a routine. I, I miss the, the neighborhood cat that we've stolen from our neighbors that they don't know we've stolen from. I love that cat. I miss that, that cat now. Um, yeah, it's, for me, it's it's getting tougher, the traveling that much. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, this, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I didn't, the first day, <clears throat> we landed in Kazakhstan in the evening, well, in the early morning, I think we got in about 1.30 a.m. and they picked us up in the, with the transport, brought us to the hotel. It's a really tough week here in Ritz-Carlton, we're staying this week, so it's a tough life. But, you know, we, we got in and I think, we went to the courts or she went to the courts at 12 o'clock in the afternoon to go practice at two. I didn't go with them. I was, you know, I don't want to go on the court this week with her anyway, but 
I, I think I was still sleeping when they left for the courts. And so I don't know how, honestly, I'm pleased I'm not playing. I'm happy I'm just coaching because it's, it's a lot of, they must be tired, all of them. She must be absolutely shattered given that you just haven't stopped, have you, for weeks? No. Uh, Ala Rosolska, she also flew from Charleston, stopped in Poland for a day, literally to drop her baby off, basically, without <laughs> leaving them, her baby and her husband there in Poland. Elena, I think Elena had a little bit more time because she didn't play Charleston, but Yulia Putinsova played Charleston. Elena Danalina, who's their double specialist. So these girls, I mean, it's tough. People don't realise, and they sit and they watch these matches on TV and they say, oh, I don't know how these girls missed that shot or why is she not running today or how did she do... Yeah, it's, it, trust me, if it was only to play tennis, they would they would be, yeah, I'd agree with you. But when they've travelled and they haven't slept and the jet lag and the time differences and the food change and, you know, the different surface and the balls, it's it's tough. That is so, so difficult. It's hard to comprehend just listening to that. Um, Re-kit, uh, Magda obviously has a Polish kit. So is that delivered to her in Miami and Charleston or when she gets to Kazakhstan? You reminded me there, that was one of the reasons that we needed to get back because she had to pick up some deliveries from, she sponsored with Yoma, which is a Spanish clothing brand. They then put on the Polish uh, you know, uh, the logos and the, the Poland on the back of it, I think they have. So she she had to collect all those clothes in Miami when we got back for that day. So, yeah, she has to pack all of that stuff and that can only be used here at the Fed Cup. So it, you also bring in loads of clothes, practice clothes and match clothes that you can only use this week, you know, mm. and you can't use them again for the rest of this trip. So then, you know, it's just a, a constant issue. And then, you know, during the grass, they send... You've got a whole bunch of different shoes that you need, a whole bunch of different clothing lines. Ooh, so explain that. How does all that work? Because uh, just when you go on holiday, you know, you have to be so careful, don't you, with how many pairs of shoes you pack. So how does she do that, given that you've got, obviously, the red clay season, she's playing indoors, and then you move to grass, so you need grass courts. Do Yoma then send her grass courts at a later time, or does she have to have everything ready now? No, so, so for this trip, for example... Starting on the clay, so each swing, I would say, you know, the American hardcore swing, the grass swing, the clay swing, all the clothing companies, whether it's Nike or Adidas or whoever, they have a line of clothes that they're going to use. So for the red clay or for the clay court season, there's a line of clothes. And, and clay, you have to have a special type of shoe. And then they're going to send her maybe four or five different match outfits that she can select to use any of those four during the clay. And, you know, it's funny because I listened to her talking and she, oh, I'm so annoyed because Marie Bushkova, who's also with Yoma, she got the nicer color. I'm going to talk <laughs> to her. I want that color. You know, so they're all because they don't want to wear the same colors. Right. And all these girls, you know, they have their. So it's funny listening to this stuff, but they they have. So so then she got that delivered in Miami. So she's got that now. Once the clay season sort of finishes, the grass court stuff will be sent to her probably in Paris before the grass starts and that will be a whole bunch of shoes and you're going to need three to four pairs of shoes so right now she's carrying three to four pairs of clay court shoe plus running shoes plus i don't know how many pairs of casual shoes she seems to bring everywhere so she's you know so she'll leave those clay court stuff in europe once we're done she'll probably leave it in poland if she can get home for a day maybe two and then get to england with the new with the new uh, line of clothing that she has and how many rackets does she travel with? Everyone's different on that. Magda tends to be travel on the lighter side with the racket. She goes with about five. 
But what we do is now we decided that I actually will carry one of hers in my bag as well because we use the same. So, you know, it's there in an emergency for her or if I need it, if I'm hitting with that. And then also Yonex are so good. All the companies are as well, um, really. But if she needs one, they'll send them to her. The only thing is she customizes hers a little bit. The weight and balances are done a bit. She has the bottom of her grip built up a little bit. So what we've done is we've we've got a, a sort of surplus of them in Florida where we've got three extras that we've had customized by our guy down there who does a, it's a really great service. He provides custom tennis rackets and they paint rackets and logo and you can do all kinds of stuff. And he's a great guy. So he does them for us and keeps them. So if we're in a bind and we need rackets, maybe Magda behaved not so well in a match and maybe broke one or, I believe it. you know, it happens. It, it happens on planes as well. You'd be surprised. You you know, we, we always carry two onto the plane with us. So in her carry-on, she always carries two, but the rest have to go in the bag and they do get broken. They, they mm. get thrown around there. They get cracked. So, it, you know, he has three. If we need them, he'll send them over to us wherever we are. Has that ever happened to you where you have turned up at tournament, say she's come with three or four and they've all been broken? She's had one or two broken here and there about two years ago, three years ago, maybe something like that. She turned up to Indian Wells. Maybe this was 2019, actually turned up to Indian Wells and the airline lost her bag and she hadn't taken. It was one of the few times, of course, she didn't take two on board with her. I was not happy when she told me this. She They lost the bag and she was in qualies and the bag didn't show up. So she went to Anaconya who's a, a Croatian girl, their friends, used the same racket. So and said, please, can I? do you have an extra couple of rackets I can use? She was nice. She let her use them. Magda probably played some of the best tennis she's ever played, won a couple of great matches, and I'm scratching my head. But, yeah, it, it happens. Um, but, yeah, it's part of, part of the traveling. When you have a racket customized, do you sort of go in the off-season and they're taking all the technology and they're taking the numbers of how hard you're hitting the ball, how many revolutions you're spinning the ball and then working out what the right feel is for you? Exactly. Magda made a racket change last year. In the middle of the year, she switched. She'd been with Babolat for six, seven years, switched to Yonix, and then also simultaneously switched string. So she's using Luxalon string as well. She, she's, um, yeah, it was a whole bunch of testing, but Yonex have been so good with what they do for her. And they've, they've, you know, they get the rackets. I mean, Yonex rackets are so well-made They they come out of the factory because what most people don't realize is if you go to the shop and buy two rackets, they are not the same. They're going to have slightly different, uh, they can be slightly different in length. They can be massively different in weight. I've seen rackets, the same racket, 15 grams different. Wow. The grips can be slightly different in sizing. They're not so, but Yonix are such a good company that they, they really accurate. So when you send them, there's almost nothing that you have to do. It's more just, she likes to have the bottom of her grips made up a little bit fat at the bottom with some tape, just mm. a personal thing she likes. So um, yeah, we get that done and that's, that's about it really. The guy who likes doing that on the men's side is Richard Gasquet, who uh, absolutely has the fattest bottom to his racket you've ever seen. Huge. And that's kind of like Magda. She has it on a much lesser scale, but she likes that feeling at the bottom. So, yeah, some players, I think Kafelnikov used to do that. I know actually the guy that we use, Kurt, in Florida, he actually does a lot for Andy Murray as well because Andy trains a lot in Boca and he spends a lot of time on court with Andy. And, you know, he'll say, nope, don't like the feel of this one. Get this one tighter, string this one different. Give me a, you know. So that's, you know, the players are always trying to find an extra, mm. an extra, one percent that they can 
get better with. All right, so uh, I've taken enough of your time, Mark. After Kazakhstan, what's next? Just remind us. So after this, she'll have a few days in Poland where we'll go back there and uh, maybe she'll get a couple of days to rest and then some light training before heading to Madrid and then Rome. It'll be Madrid, Rome, and then Strasbourg before the French Open. And Madrid is known for high altitude. The ball goes really fast uh, from my experience with the commentary. So how do you sort of work that out and get into her head that it's going to happen? The players love it there because Madrid's a nice city. The courts are, it's like walking on velvet. They're immaculate courts. They're so, so well done. And they have a great facility. I think they have three stadium covered courts, three mm-hmm. or four. It's, it's incredible how good they have it there. Um, they do a really nice job, but it is altitude. And the only way you can train for altitude is go go be there. I mean, it's it's hard to replicate, really. But, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of players maybe increase the string tension a little bit. So we'll see what we do there if she does change it a little bit. But it tends to favour the bigger hitter there. So we'll see how we go. But, it's um, yeah, it's a period of time where we're not defending really any points. So we're hoping that we can make a good run over the next month and keep moving up the rankings. Well, we wish you all the best and uh, thank you very much for your time, Mark. I hope you do get some sleep as well as enjoying Poland, uh, taking on Kazakhstan in the Billie Jean King Cup. And next time we meet, we will uh, probably be chatting in Madrid. So we shall see you then. And that's it for this uh, edition of Diary of a Professional Tennis Coach with Mark Gellard. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Candy. Thanks for everyone for listening. <laughs>